Hello and welcome to episode three of Clacks Women for Indie podcast. I'm Fiona. In this episode we're going to bring you a full update on the Yes in the Community event which is going to be hosted by Yes Clacks on the 14th of September. And if you've never been to Aloha before why not come along and join us. We'll also bring you a quick update on progress on the citizens' assemblies and our usual roundup of what else we've been up to and other events coming up on the calendar that you might want to get involved with. Uh, music this time is from the band The Media Whores, and unlike the rest of the media, we won't be dignifying the Westminster pantomime with any coverage. You can get that elsewhere, but we will give you a clue about our feelings towards Backdoor Boris and Lollipop Heed Cummings in our choice of musical clips. First, we'll hear from Lynn and Lorraine, two of our Women for Indie Clacks members who are working with Yes Clack Manishar to bring Yes in the community to life. Hi, I'm Lynn. I'm one of the members of Yes Clack Manishar, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about a community event we've got coming up on the 14th of September. And it's a community fun day for all the family. There'll be lots of different entertainment there. There'll be musicians, there'll be speakers, there'll be children's games and activities, opportunities to meet lots of like-minded people or discuss things with people. There'll be information given out by a whole host of stall holders there. And it should be an, an informative and fun day for everyone in the community. From the point of view of Yes, Clack Manninshire, the main organiser has been Chick Hosey, who's been working tirelessly on this to make sure it's uh, going to be a really positive event. And he's in, sort of entitled it Yes, Clacks in Your Community, Activism and Community Empowerment. Chick's been inviting as many people as possible. So it's not just independent supporters, it's all the community groups, whether you're from the church or from the mosque. We have quite a, a few Syrian residents in our county now, so there's going to be um, invitations sent out to invite them along as well, just to make sure that everybody in the community is included. Hi, I'm Lorraine. I'm one of the members of Yes Clacks also. One of the reasons we're having this day is just to show everyone in the area we haven't went away. We're still actively doing stuff behind the scenes. The reason Yes Clacks um, decided to have this day is also because as we've been speaking to people, lots of people have definitely changed from no to yes just because of what's been happening down in Westminster. Also because of how, how well the SNP have been running and managing Scotland. We also want to engage with people who didn't vote the last time. Hopefully they could come out and hear some of the politicians. We have the Green Party, the Deputy Leader Lorna Slater. We have Keith Brown, the Deputy Leader of the SNP, and our local MSP, and Rosie Kane, former Member of Parliament for the Socialists. The event is, is a community event and it's open to all. It's an opportunity for people to find out a bit more. So if you're keen to come along and know somebody that's maybe not sure how their politics are at the moment, why not bring them along? Let them meet people, let them ask questions, let them find out information and get it from a different source, not from the usual papers they read, not from what they're watching on the television. There's a whole load of sources out there and sometimes all we have to do is point people to these sources and let them go look for themselves and let people make up their own minds about how they want Scotland to develop in the future. Also from 11am we'll be meeting at Alaba Railway Station and taking part in a family procession to the Bomar Centre. 
some members from the Sir Albert Pipe Band are going to be there on the day. And we've also had interest from the Yes Bikers. So a big shout out and a big thanks to everyone who's involved in our day. Okay, musicians that are going to be there on the day, we have Amanda Brown, who's a fabulous young singer from Fife. Uh, she's really good. The Graham Brown Band will be there playing, also very good. One of my favourites, uh, Pete Scally, who does modern songs in the style of Elvis. He's very entertaining as well. And also, Paul Colvin, our indie poet, who's wrote three books now, is also going to be coming and reciting some of his poems and, and giving a wee talk as well. I'm going to actually just um, read a short poem that he wrote in the front of my book because I was delighted yesterday to get this. She marched with her saltire like a demon from hell. She cast out their logic and their myths she'd dispel. Then spoke of a future as if under a spell. Just a girl from the Shire where the good ladies dwell. Okay, so our family fun day is being held in the Bomar Community Centre, which is fairly central in Alloa. It's near Alloa Tower. And it's an area that's got a, a great kind of community feel. There's a good community spirit as with regards to, to getting there from the procession. So if people are thinking they want to come along and go on the procession because you enjoy it, they're quite friendly and colourful, the distance from the train station to the Bomar Centre is less than a mile. So it's not going to be a long march and it's pretty flat. So it's not going to be too strenuous. If you don't think you, you want to do that, but you still want to come along, then you can just come along to the Bomar Centre from 12.30 onwards will be available then but obviously we'd love to see as many people on the procession as possible for the activities we're going to have big games so like giant jenga and connect four the, the cafeteria is going to be run by jane mctaggart who's one of our local councillors and they'll be running the cafeteria so there'll be a chance to come in and have a nice relaxed chat with some coffee tea cake your kids can play on the big games and we're going to be doing some stone decorations painting stones is a very popular activity at the moment there's lots of it happening we're also going to do a collection for the local food bank the gate and the one in socky activate we're looking for donations to give to them they take most things obviously not perishable goods usually what they're looking for is tins of meat tins of vegetables fruit you can often find out if you look in the aloe advertiser there's a little section that will give you a list we'll see if we can publicize a list before the event actually because uh, this is a real team effort isn't it it's not just yes clacks that's involved in this we've got man and women for independence sterling women for independence who are going to have stalls Hope Over Fear are bringing a merchandise stall. We're also having a declaration of Clipmanishar where people can put suggestions on how they would like Clipmanishar to progress and develop and there will also be a voter registration stall. So there's lots of activities going on. There must be something for everyone there. I'd like to also thank Clipmanishar Council who's been really good assisting with the planning and the police and stuff. They've been really, really helpful. Without them it wouldn't be possible. We also want to thank the National because they did a great piece covering everything that the day's about. They also were really interested in how it goes, how it evolves, because they said it could be a blueprint for future group Yes groups to try and emulate. So so no pressure on Yes Clacks to pull this event off. 
Yeah, the National are providing us with 500 newspapers. You can get a free copy of the National at the event. And if there are any left over, what we will do is we're just going to go around and deliver them in the locality so that people get an opportunity to read them. Really looking forward to that. I've never seen the likes of that for many, many a year. Well, that's great. Thank you very much, both of you, for uh, sharing the details of what the day's going to be like. It sounds really good fun, and I hope we see lots and lots of people there. Right, before we go on to our next section, let's just check in at Westminster and see how Backdoor Boris and Shorty Cummings are getting along. Is this additional lies? No change there. In our next section, we're going to look at the Citizens' Assembly for Scotland. Um, this is something I'm very interested in, uh, particularly having seen how well the process worked in Ireland for some very, very difficult questions, the, the abortion debate and equal marriage. So the Citizens' Assembly that's being set up, they do have a website. There's not a lot on it right now. Citizensassembly.scot is the website. They also are sending out a regular newsletter, which you can sign up for, info at citizensassembly.scot. I've received my first email from them, and it's quite interesting. So the areas covered are the conveners. We have two conveners now appointed. I think most of us probably knew that David Martin, the former Labour MEP, was one of them. I don't know how many people are aware that the second convener has now been appointed, Kate Wimpress. Kate is a third sector leader who trained in fine art. She's worked for arts organisations across Northern Ireland and Scotland. She's currently the director of North Edinburgh Arts and she is particularly interested in how art can change the public realm and public imagination, working with artists whose practice takes them beyond the boundaries of the institution, studio or theatre. So interesting to see what creativity she might bring to the process. The two conveners are going to do a regular blog, which you can access through the website. I did have a look at it, but it really is, at the moment, it's just saying how, it, how excited they are to be conveners. Uh, progress so far, the dates for the Citizens' Assembly have been agreed, and the first meeting will be on the 26th and 27th of October in Edinburgh. There are frequently asked questions on the website as well. Recruitment of members of the Assembly began on the 26th of August and this process carries on until the week before the Assembly begins. The recruitment of members for the Citizens' Assembly is one of the most crucial tasks. The recruiters will be out and about in communities across Scotland, randomly selecting people, aiming to achieve a target profile that is broadly representative of the people of Scotland and participants will be selected to be a mini-public of the adult population of Scotland on a range of geographic, demographic and political attitudes criteria. The target profile of the Assembly and method of recruitment have been published on the website. If anyone's interested, you can go and look up uh, more details. So I think this is something really interesting to keep an eye on. Uh, go and check the website and get sign up for the, the newsletter. And if anybody knows anybody who's chosen, that would be really interesting to know as well. I think it would be a great experience. Okay, so I hope you found that useful. As there are more um, updates, I'll uh, perhaps mention them in the podcast. What do you think, Boris? Yes, yes, we do. 
What else have we been up to? I was at the Dunfermline Forward as One gathering, I like to call it, because um, it's a very friendly event where lots of people gather. And we were in Pittencreef Park where we set up a stall. And but I actually stayed with the stall. I didn't go and do the march. That's because there was uh, howling gales blowing and I was holding down the gazebo, <laughs> as were lots of other stall holders. But the, the Dunfermline March is a very short march through the town and into the park. And there were several thousand people there. They're always great fun. It's an opportunity to meet lots of different people, network with other people from di- from different areas. There's speakers on stage. There's musicians on stage. It's a good day out. Always when I go to the marches, when I come back, I always find that I'm so fired up and, and really positive and I want to take that positivity and speak to people. It always encourages me more to speak to more people. The, the feel-good factor that the matches helps to create within the movement, it really does fire us up. So it's really, really important that we keep having these gatherings until we have independence. There's just so much going on to go to everything, isn't there? But two events I've been at recently, one was the William Wallace Society's commemoration of the anniversary of William Wallace's murder, not his death, his murder, and that was held at Cambus Kenneth Abbey on a most beautiful evening and it was quite a small gathering but they're just ordinary people giving heartfelt little tributes, laying a white rose and the legend goes that as we know William Wallace was quartered and his four quarters were sent to different castles around the kingdom and the legend is that the monks at Cambus Kenneth rescued his left arm and that it's buried in the grounds of the abbey. Um, So whether or not it is, I don't know, but it was an absolutely uh, very moving tribute, actually. And really, I think it's an annual thing. So if you get a chance to go, that's certainly an interesting place to go. Uh, The other event that a few of us were at was John Drummond, Everything You Ever Wanted to Know About the Constitution But Were Afraid to Ask. It was a very interesting talk, very worrying talk, um, just how unprotected we are without having a written constitution. And as we know, conventions are not worth the paper they're written on. They, they only work as long as everybody agrees to abide by them. And as soon as you get some maverick like we've got in uh, Westminster at the moment decides he's not going to play ball, then the whole thing's worthless and there is absolutely no protection. Um, there was some mention that Boris could create an enabling act, which is something that Hitler did in Nazi Germany, which is a terrifying thought. And the first paragraph on that enabling act could be that the UK is indivisible and anybody who is part of any organisation that believes otherwise is prescribed. As easy as that. And there is nothing constitutionally we could do about it. And the thing I find with, I've heard John Drummond speak a few times and I do enjoy his column in the Sunday National, but I do get a bit frustrated with him. he, He does leave me wanting more I think because I'm perfectly convinced that we do need a written constitution I think it is the absolutely the way that a a nation sets out its values and what it stands for and what it won't stand for and I get completely why that's a good idea I also agree with him that it's a good idea to have a draft constitution before you go into a referendum because that's the protection for the people who don't support independence who are worried about what would what would happen to them in in independent Scotland the constitution can actually say look we guarantee that your rights are going to be protected your interests are going to be protected you're not going to be bullied or disadvantaged in, in any other way 
So from that perspective, a constitution is a really useful thing to have. I completely on board with that. Where I'm frustrated is that we always seem to get to this point with, with John Drummond's columns and his events where everybody agrees. But where's, what's the next step? How do we actually get there? Well, what's happening to make it real? And that's the point where for me, he just sort of shrugs his shoulders and go, I don't know, there should be, shouldn't there? should be something happening. Um, and the other thing I find quite odd is that Mark McNaught from the University of Rennes has been working for, I think, years on drafting a Scottish constitution, which you can actually have a look at the work he's done on the website, which is Clyde Built Constitution. If you Google Clyde Built Constitution, it'll pull up the, the draft constitution that Mark's come up with. And it's a very readable, very sensible piece of work. And I don't know if it's still open for comments, but for a while, anybody could go in and make suggestions or amendments or additions. And I, I know that Mark presented that piece of work to Mike Russell, and he was apparently very interested in it. But what's happened to it since? No idea. I mean, it could just be that in, in the overwhelming amount of things that the, the Scottish government's got on their plate just now, and with the, the daily madness coming out of Westminster, it's maybe it's just dropped off the agenda. But I think that I would certainly feel much more comfortable that we had something legally protecting us. So that was a very interesting event. So the event we went to the other week in Stirling wasn't live streamed. But I know there are earlier versions of John Drummond's presentation on YouTube and I'm sure Indie Live as well have streamed it. So if that's something that you're interested in, then, then certainly go and look it up. But be prepared to be a little bit scared after you've heard it. So there's plenty of activity, but are we seeing any signs of hope? I think we are. There was that poll the other week with 52% for yes and the Times one yesterday which had 49% for yes but that would have excluded 16, 17-year-olds and may also have excluded EU nationals and there's a plus or minus 3%. So that could well be in the same ballpark as 52%. What are we seeing outside? What? How are we getting on with our conversations? I know people have concerns and they're right to have their concerns. And the Scottish government says that, yeah, we're not saying we're perfect. I think they're doing a really good job, restricted as they are, by Westminster. And we need to let people know that. When, when I speak to friends who live down south, who've come up to visit here, they see the difference up here with regards to how long it takes to get an appointment to see your doctor. I had a friend last week who had to go down to Wales, found a family member in a poor condition they needed to call an ambulance nine hours it took for an ambulance to arrive i haven't heard of that happening up here but all the services are stretched across the united kingdom but i think scotland's managing very well and we need to put things out in a positive light when we're criticised that 2% of people didn't get seen within the allocated timescale, flip that around, actually that means 98% did get seen. And when you compare that to down south when 86% of people are getting seen, where would you want to live? 
it's always they say, you know, don't discuss politics and religion. And, and I'm very conscious about whether, you know, you, you do that or not. And sometimes I, I'm going out and I'm meeting people that I don't necessarily know that well. So I think, well, I'm not going to bring politics up. I can't assume that people are going to agree with me. It doesn't matter if they do agree with me or not. You can have a discussion about it. But what I've been noticing more and more is people do want to have a conversation. They do want to find out why do you think the way you you think what is it that's made you think this way and just a couple of weekends ago I went to meet an old school friend and we walked from Aberdour to Dalgetty Bay with some of her old university friends and again I wasn't sure of their politics and one of the, the, the husbands then announced how he was desperate for independence but he didn't see the point in marches he would still always support the independence but he didn't see the point in marches so we had the conversation about I said well I've been going on lots of them and every year they've grown and they've grown and it lets you know that there's plenty other people out there thinking the same way um, every year certainly in the Glasgow march there's been more people on the march and there's been more people standing on the sidelines watching and cheering you on not everybody can do the marches the Glasgow march is particularly long it's about three miles from Kelvin Grove down to Glasgow Green so it's a long way for some people to walk some people do part of the walk and then drift off maybe go back to the train station and, and head for home but it certainly lets everybody see the strength of feeling there is with regards to independence in this country it's just a shame that it's not shown on more mainstream media to let other people know i do think some people are, are, are worried about showing their colors um but the more we do it the more people see it and the more people think actually that's just normal isn't it just normal to be independent just remember, although we're not presently actually in a independence campaign, every day is a campaign day. So those conversations at the schools, at nurseries, at doctor's surgeries, wherever you may discuss politics, it is actually campaigning. So keep them up and keep having those conversations because the tide is turning and we're at 52%, 53%. Every day is a campaign day. So just the last five minutes of the podcast, we'll run through events that are coming up that you might like to get involved with. Um, we do have a Women for Independence Clapman and Share Facebook page, which we're trying to put more events on. So do check that and please like it and share it and what have you. Perth, March, all under one banner this Saturday. On Sunday, you've got a choice. There's the Stirling Bridge commemoration in March from Causeway Head to Stirling Bridge at two o'clock. Or there is a panel discussion entitled After Independence, which takes place again on Sunday at 2.30 in Perth, the Grampian Hotel. So that could be an interesting one as well, especially if you're in Perth for the weekend for the march. And Wednesday 11th of September at 6 o'clock, Leslie Ruddock is at the Carden Den Hub. Um, Leslie is a great speaker. I always enjoy listening to Leslie. Leslie's got her own podcast as well, if you're looking for more podcasts. Then, of course, our family fun day in Alloa on the 14th of September. And the 21st, there is a, an event in Dunfermline High School called Effective Campaigning to Achieve Independence. I think that might have Eventbrite tickets for that one. So that's a few events to keep us all out of trouble while we wait for our Section 30 order or whatever means that Nicola Sturgeon is going to find to get us out of this hellhole. So thanks again for joining us. Look forward to talking to you soon and we'll leave Boris with the last word. Do we think he's lying? I think he might be. Do you think I'm lying?